Welcome to another pint with Shawnee B. A little bit husky this morning because we had a bit of a late night last <laughs> night. I'm at an awards show down in Cork in Ireland called the Kinsale Sharks. And I have a great guest all the way over from London with a very Irish name. Vicky McGuire, welcome. Thank you, thank you. Have you had fun here? I've had, I've had so much fun. I've never been here before and I don't know what I've been doing for the last 20 odd years. <laughs> Seriously. So the, the Shark Awards have been kind of going for, those of you who work in advertising probably have heard of it, those of you who don't, it's a sort of a another self-congratulatory show for people <laughs> in advertising saying how great they are. And Vicky was one of the speakers. Yeah. What was your speech about? My speech um, titled, We're All Fucked, but Creativity Will Save the Day. Will it? Yeah, it's uh, all we've is, got. Isn't creativity going to be done by robots? No, because they can't do batshit crazy work like Viva the Vulva. A robot will not look at a cupcake and see a vag. Viva the Vulva is a, there'll be a link to this in the blurb of the podcast, which is uh, best described as, is it for a Sam product? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's feminine hygiene. Um, and if you've ever worked in that area, there are so many rules and regulations that you cannot do. And it's so archaic, the fact that women bleed blue liquid and the fact that you can't even mention anatomical, biological body parts. Why was it called vulva, not vagina? Probably because viva the vagina isn't as, as poetic. Vagina is a really horrible word, isn't it? Uh, no, do you know what? We I, just I don't use thought, it enough. We just well, don't I, always, use it I had enough. this idea that we should change the A at the end to an E. Vagina. No, vagine. Vagine. Isn't that nice? Oh, my God, no. It sounds like, it sounds like a perfume Does from it? Dior. Vagine. Yeah. John Dior. Snatch. Seriously, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Gash. <laughs> Gash um, by Gucci. But no one is doing any crazy work. You know, everyone's scared of doing crazy work. I have seen... Yeah, there is some here at yeah, award yeah, shows, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. But yeah. like in general, like there's no news at 10. You know, you, so Vicky and uh, myself are a similar age group. We were born in the 60s and we were talking before we pressed play about... And this is part of her, her, her speech about how fucked everything was in the 80s. And you're right. Give them a rundown of what it was like for you growing up. Where were you born? It was really... T- I'm, I'm, a, I'm from Leicester. I'm working class. I have no O-levels. I have no money. My mm. parents aren't double-barreled. My dad's a brickie and my mum has a stall selling crap on Leicester Market, right? Big family? Um, big family, of course. I've got a twin. Have um, you? Yeah, Identical? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you'd know her. You'd, right. you'd go, look at that blonde girl with that arse the size of Vicky's. Um, because that's the only thing I, we inherited. I inherited my, my father's <laughs> bricklayer's arse and, uh, and um, the gift of the gab. And that was all I had. I'm not academic. Did you have a nice childhood? I had a lovely childhood because, right. ev- again, everybody around you hadn't got anything. So mm. without me sounding like, oh, you know. In and out of each other's houses. That, exactly. Houses you were lucky. Chateau I lived, yeah, I lived in a Yeah, I lived in a paper bag. Um, without sounding like that, I had a, yeah, I had a really good childhood. I was very conscious of things like money. No, you know, my parents didn't hide the fact that we hadn't got a lot. If you wanted something and they couldn't afford it, they said no, and no meant no. Mm, you know, yeah. I, I, never th- I never wanted a pony. What the fuck would yeah. I do with a pony yeah. in, in the middle of Leicester? But I had swagger. And if you haven't got anything, you've got nothing to lose. And the fact that they had no expectations from me, academically, the school didn't expect anything either. Mm. That's actually really quite, it, it may sound like really kind of like Ken Loach and oh my good God, mm. but actually that was really embracing because it didn't matter what you did, it, you could fail. And mm. I failed at a lot of stuff, which is brilliant because nobody expected you to do anything else. So swagger is probably the reason you're in advertising, is it? I think so. Yeah. I think so. I think the one thing I learned 
working at Leicester Market with my mum and my dad. And my dad is a natural story. He's the Irish. He's, he's a natural storyteller. Mm. Is that I can talk something up from £2.50 up to a fiver, <laughs> right? Just by, just by blag. Yeah. You know, I've sold glass medical urinals as 60s Scandinavian statement vases. Yeah. Just for the just. So for it was a it was a kind of a, a curio shop, like a kind of. Oh an yeah, antiques, yeah, yeah, antiques, yeah. It was right. antiques and general shite yeah, yeah, stall. Yeah, yeah. and you know, that was that his main job. That was it. That was he. He did a bit of everything. It's bricklaying that he was he was doing. It was a bricklayer. Um, he did a bit of demolition intentionally and unintentionally because he was a bit of a shit bricklayer. Um, <laughs> and then any, anything that he, they found went on the stall. Uh, and if they were short of money. They'd sell something out of the house. So I'd go back, you know, I'd go home and I'd go, where's that picture? And my mum would be like, oh, gas bill. And I, you know, and that Born actually is a, shop. yeah, that yeah. is a really good, it gave me a really, really, really yeah. good grounding. I was going that. Yeah, seriously. I know. I'm like, oh, fuck, I might use that. Yeah. Um, I was in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Here and we then go. what about college? Did you go to school? Or were you- I went to school. Um, I wasn't very good at it. As I say, I, I've, I wasn't blessed with academia. But it was the 80s, and I remember really wanting to go to art college because I used to sell a lot of second-hand clothes to the kids that were at the Polytechnic in Leicester. And they had a really good time, and they were always coming in. They were really cool, and they and the boys were handsome, and they were always hungover, and I remember thinking, I want a bit of that. <laughs> um, it sounds so throwaway, but the energy and the kind of like, and the fuck you... Uh, feeling that was around late 70s and early 80s really did rub off. I could not draw and I could hardly write. Um, but I came across this artist called Jamie Reed, who used to do all of the artwork for the Sex Pistols, mm. who basically photocopied he everything. That, he stuff. That's it, yeah. collage and photocopy. Yeah. And I thought that was that and bribery amazing. Notes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was like, God, I can do that. So I remember definitely wanted to get into art college. All the people that were kind of like were naturally gifted were drawing schools and breadfruits. Do you remember all yeah, those yeah, kind yeah. of like in your old folder? And I was photocopying stuff. Yeah. And again, you know, a couple of people saw something in that and just went, well, well let's just see what happens. Education was free at that time. So mm-hmm. my parents didn't have to pay for me. And Unlike I got, now where it's free if you have a grand or oh something. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, so, a you know, grand, yeah. a couple of grand a month. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, so I, I ended up at... Um, at Newcastle, studying fashion. Ah, you, a lot of people have been in Newcastle on my podcast. Oh, I lo- honestly. Craig Smith and a few of those, yeah. But you were like, you know, uh, what's his name? Brian Ferry used to teach art there. How cool. And you're like, God, oh, this is incredible. Paul Smith would come up and teach us fashion. Yeah. And you're like, this is amazing. And, and as I say, you went up there, you felt the minor strike. Mm. So you got out and you helped them. The, the, there was never any good old days. No. No, it's always been shit. Yeah. It's always been, but it's always, you You know, there's a, there's a quote from somebody whose name I can't remember, which is, you are you plus your circumstance. Uh-huh. And you look at where you are, you look at your place individually and your place in the world, and you decide whether or not you're happy with that. Yeah. And you feel, you know, you can either, the energy around the time is very similar to the energy I'm feeling now. Not that I'm, not that I'm doing the, oh, in the good old days, you know, we had, everything was better. But there is a turbulence and you can either feel like you are staring into the abyss mm-hmm. or you can feel like you're looking at the dark before the dawn, right? And you can do something. I hope it's and make, This is it, but it's up to us. I mean, I think next British general election and oh, next Jesus U- US Christ. election will define the future of the planet. 
Oh, I Jesus. mean, that sounds very, uh, you know, scary. And it is, it is like if you say like, the darkest hour is the hour before dawn, I get yeah. you. I think that there's some great positivity in terms of the younger people coming along today. And I don't just mean Thunberg, but the fact that they're able to get up. Yeah. They have a ve- they have vehicles and, and devices that can get themselves heard and they're a bit more caring and they're less bullying. But we look at the age that we are at. We are putting our future, our 30 summers or whatever yeah. we've got left, we're putting in the hands of a 16-year-old girl and a 90-year-old man yeah, with Attenborough. Right, we are the bit in the middle. And a 70-something-year-old man yeah. Trump, probably. Seriously, yeah. we are the bit in the middle. And if we do not do something, mm. we can't let a 16-year-old girl carry no. it all. And we can't let no, that, he'll, you he'll know. Die soon. He should be, what's it? Attenborough should be at home with his feet up, yeah. watching Cash in the Attic, mm. right? But he's not. He's out campaigning and he's still as angry as ever. I've just done a piece of work with him. And he was the most vital, inspiring man. And everybody says to him, why... You know, why aren't you putting your feet up? And he says, why have you put your feet up? And you're like, fuck, I've just got told off by a 90-year-old man. Get out and do something. I had this business idea, which is the thing to buy, if you wanted a family heirloom, would be all of the greatest life on earth footage. Oh. Because there will come a time when there will be no animals on this planet. And they, I think, might be the artworks of the... Mm. You know, people would go, and th- yes, we can recreate it digitally. This will be authentic film of real animals when they lived and roamed the earth. Imagine the value of that. Yeah, but imagine the value of doing something <laughs> where you don't happen. need them. Because well, if you do that, you're going to end up like those old people that have got rows and rows of Encyclopedia Britannica yeah, in their I front know, rooms. I know, right? I you're going to be like, oh, look at my DVDs. And they'll be like, what the fuck is Sean on about? I know. We, well, so, I mean, you know, you talked about minor strikes and all that stuff in, in the UK. We were the same in Ireland. We had Charlie Hoggy involved. And we have this show called Reeling in the Years, which is like a kind of a a music-based news and shows you what went on in 1963 in Ireland. It's just like, it looks like a third world country. So you have a positivity-based approach to the future. This darkest hour is is the hour before dawn. And you believe creativity is going to help fix the world's problems, right? Yes. Essentially. Yeah. And we were joking at the top of the podcast about, you know, and I do mean, I've, I've written a piece recently, which is basically, I think there's a cognitive dissonance going on in advertising in a sense that we, we know now for 30 years that creativity sells. And yet, for some reason, the, the work has probably never been as bad in terms of mainstream advertising work. There are lots of ideas and then harnessing them. I was talking to Tim Lindsay the other day about the You know that thing that was in Canada about four years ago about the world divided up into three words? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where is that gone? Yeah. Why is it not here? Why yeah. do you not say, I live in Purple Monkey Dishwasher or yeah. whatever? I do. <laughs> <laughs> but tell me about... Convince me of why we should be more positive about what creativity can do for us in the future. So I'm going. I'm back. I'm going back to the eighties, and you know it was a wild time. But just as I started to get promiscuous, AIDS hit, mm-hmm. and you're like, I remember Fuck the same yeah. sake, catch it off toilet seats. Sit, catch it off toilet seats. Don't shake anybody's right. hand that's dressed weirdly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was like it was the fear around this thing was like ridiculous, mm. and it was it was a plight on the gays. It was God's, you know, yeah. it was God's way of cleansing the earth. It There's was still Americans like, who preached that. Yes, you know, you're like, oh my God, he likes disco. Don't go near him. <laughs> you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. Um, and the government would not put any money into researching a cure. And it was wrong, right? And some people who had money, like people like Elton, people like Elizabeth Taylor, people Terrence like Michael Jackson, w- would put money in. Yeah. 
and go, okay, you can, you know, I'll give you as much as I possibly can. But others who couldn't do anything got creative. And that little red ribbon for, I think it used to be like 50p, I think it's a quid now. That one little thing, every time you saw it, you bought one. Every time you went anywhere, you wore one. This is before, you know, the idea of this little ribbon catching on before social media, before Insta, yeah, before it yeah. became a badge of a badge, yeah, yeah. just being sold grassroots by mates, by people, by brands eventually, by retailers. You know, now, you know, 30 years later, a disease that came to fruition in my lifetime is now not a death sentence. In Dublin, we were, condoms were uh, forbidden, were banned. We weren't allowed to buy them because the church said that they were... And Branson, in fairness to him, came over and in the Virgin Megastore, he put a mate's condoms thing the size of, you know, this room and said everyone needs to be able to get access to condoms. But like that's... You feel like that should have been 50 years or 60 years ago and it was 25 years ago and it's still going on, as I said, today. But, I'm so, but I've just had exactly the same conversation. A lot of it, you know, advertising is complicit in that. I've just, I've just awarded, every time I see the work for La Bresse, Viva the Volva, the mm. badge ad, I will award it the highest award I can give it right. because advertising is complicit in keeping that woman's story down. The fact that people yeah. still think that, you know, that we have to bleed blue. Um, the fact that Facebook keep taking down that ad yeah. because they see a cupcake that looks like a badge. So the, the, the campaign, which I, 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 I'm remiss of me not to fi- fully uh, go through what it was about, it's basically using oysters and cupcakes that sing a song about why... It's, a, it's, it's basically empowering women to say, don't think of your vaginas as, or vulvas as ugly and, and you know, labiaplasties on the, on the rise. And it's just trying to break that taboo. And a lot of the companies, media companies who were trying to run the work went, oh, God, it looks, you know, they were, they were basically performing the yes. way the ad is telling people yes, not exactly. to perform. It was ridiculous. It's so, but it's so Can you make them a bit well. cleaner? Can you, make, can you make the cupcake... A little bit less fleshy as a vagina, you know. I, I love the fact <laughs> that I've that we're in Kinsale and I've showed that ad about ten times, and like a large proportion of it shows oysters. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I really hope tonight when you're when you're they're slipping down your neck yeah. that you remember that ad. Yeah. But the most, but, but one of the most important things of that ad is that it's normalising a bit of a female's body that we very rarely see. I will tell you now, hands up, I would not be able to pick mine out in a lineup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Unless there was a big flag on it that said Maguire. Yeah. I genuinely, I couldn't. I Sector couldn't. 7 G. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't know it if, if it ran no, over, they talked if about you know the, what I mean. You know, they talk about the picture that humanity sent into space. Is a picture of a man and a woman, but you can't see the woman's bits. You can see the man's dangly thing, yeah, right? That's it. Um, she's all, she's kind of coyly, kind of Honestly, <laughs> like the Venus tomorrow. Yeah. And they'll get you know. And if anybody is out there and they you know they land and they pick up a Barbie doll, you I mean, know, that, there's nothing there's nicer than a thing. than a nice vulva, really, isn't that's it? That's honestly, you know, it's, yeah. it wouldn't doesn't be matter. The, there's different sizes and stuff. It's great. It wouldn't be the picture that I'd want on my passport. Yeah. However. Yeah. We've all got them, and they've just been ignored, and that is ridiculous. So that uh, that work is clickable on the blur of the podcast. Go on and have a look at it and share it to people, because it's another one of those things where, you know, slowly but surely we're looking at things mainly to do with women that are going, you know, can we just fix this, please? So anyway, that's another step in the right direction. Are you a feminist? I mean, everyone's a feminist, but I mean, are you an active, an activist feminist? Or I am active around the inequalities of uh, economics. 
right? Equal I, pay. Equal pay. Right. Oh my God, gender pay gap. Mm-hmm. I keep banging on to anybody that listens at WPP, which is I can fix your gender pay back. Just pay me as much as you humanly can. <laughs> you know, that's my first world politics. You know, God, what the, the stuff that goes on is just like, oh. But I will try to do my bit and I will make sure. I don't believe in imposter syndrome for women. You know, yeah. you if you are invited into a meeting, do not sit at the back. Do not pour anybody coffee. Take your place. Yeah. Make your points. Speak up. Speak up. Speak out and talk. Jan over Gooding people. was on the podcast. She's oh, the chair she's incredible. Of, yeah, she had a great thing about this where she was with Aviva and she was put in to try and solve these these issues. Her first thing, of course, is don't take it, you know, gender, race, whatever. Take it as inclusion and take it as everybody yes. is her first thing, which yeah, I think is yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Because the other thing is a tick box exercise. Yeah, I mean, I was in a company once where they said that we have to hire. Uh, a creative director we have, we need a woman creative director and I'm yeah. like going have you any idea how pissed off your next creative director if she's because she is going to be a woman is going to be oh. if she had ever knew the reason she was being it was because she was a woman it's just missing the entire point of the exercise I have had calls saying Vicky do you want to come over to our creative department we need a bit of skirt <laughs> and I'm like number one you don't know me because I would t- I mean I'm I've I've you know, I'm, I've got a mouth like a fucking navvy. Yeah. Um, and if they're expecting some little princess <laughs> in like high heels, yeah. you know, like some dolly on the dust cart figurehead yeah. to lead your diversity charge, I fuck know. off. But the, but the thing that Jan said she did in Aviva was she, and this was very funny as well because the reaction it got, she, the first thing she said was we're going to give all men 16 weeks paternity leave. And the board went, what are you fucking doing? You're actually meant to be helping the women. Here. And the first thing you've done is do something that's going to help all white males. Yeah. And she goes, I know, because I want every man to have to go through the same conversation in their head. Should I take pay oh. leave? Will my job be here for me back? Oh. Does this wreck my career? Yes. And for pl- and, of course, and, yeah. and something like the uptake was 60% mm. and, and it got men into the equation. And it looked... Oh, this is an this is an equal thing we're talking yeah. about. It's not about tick boxing. Oh, how many yeah. blacks have we got in the agency? We need to hire a few more yeah, Hispanic people. Exactly. It's just it's just and 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 of course the upshot is, you know, diversity is a, is an outcome of of, that, of inclusion. That is exactly that mm. is honestly. But I I won't sit on a panel now that was all women talking about. Yeah. But you know, it's kind of like uh, you know, Creative Equals is a really good organisation because it's equals. It's fifty fifty. Mm. Back to your life thing. So mm-hmm. what happened in college then? College, college, I was dreadful. I got found out pretty quickly and quite rightly. So I kind of like very, very, very uh, quickly learned the, learned the kind of, learned the, learned the basics, but without losing the thing that got me there in the first place. Mm. Um, so I was, I was funding my way through college by printing counterfeit shirts for like you know with with chanel logos. yeah do you know oh, what no. i mean all that kind yeah, of shit yeah. i was like you know and just i used to i used to sew sequins on ball gowns for um for some of the criminal families ladies who, who like to ball that i mean it's who like Brilliant. to do ballroom dancing so i was always i was also on gritty, the look you're for, gritty i was always on the look of, for something else to do to fuel this desire to be a fashion designer and i don't know why Something in me must have said that I was inadequate because I wanted to make, I wanted to get into a really high-end fashion designer. But why would I want to design clothes that I would never be able to afford? Mm. But, you know, why would I want to read Vogue that doesn't recognise women like me? 
Why would I want to go and work for a company like Condé Nast where I'm not double barreled and I don't wear a headband yeah. and I haven't got a place in the country yeah. and I, or a dog called Tallulah? But I had it in my head that is what I, I wanted to do. And that was, yes, that's exactly. <laughs> sorry, JWT. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> but that's, you know, and, and, and I, obviously something in me felt that I was missing something or I was inadequate and I needed to go and do that thing. But then I met people like Paul Smith. I met people like Vivian Westwood. Mm. And I was just, fuck that shit. Actually, I can do something without having to feel inadequate or without having to put on a front or put on a label that made me feel better. Mm. Fashion is incredible. When it works, it can make you feel like a million dollars or it can make you feel like shit. So you, you got a job working with, with Vivian. I got a job working with Vivian Westwood, who was incredible. She was batshit fucking crazy, yeah. but had managed to corral her crazy into a million pound business. But unfortunately, I was shit. <laughs> So basically, what happened? I lasted six months. Okay. What happens is you go in as a junior designer, you start to draw. She realizes that you're not very good, um, and then goes, "Oh, maybe you'd be better in the pattern room." So you go and you try to cut patterns, and you realize you're not very good. And then she's like, "Oh, maybe you're better at pinning." So in in the end, I ended up pinning, which is kind of like a pretty low job, but you're still working for Westwood. So what the fuck? And I was pinning this fabulous dress. It was a beaded satin bodice for somebody's some high end wedding, and there was a bit of cotton a bit of stray cotton and I used to wear bright fuck off red lipstick and I couldn't be asked and this is part of me I'm, I'm quite lazy as well I couldn't be asked to get a pair of scissors to go and cut this piece of cotton <laughs> no. off so I went in and I bit it, it. and my cheap lipstick bled all over this dress and instead of fessing up I was like oh fuck it'll be fine I'll, I'll steam it out so I got an iron and just went Psss. and of Made course this wax just spread yeah. across the thing <laughs> And just as Viv walked in, and it was just like, Vicky? Yeah. Oh, yes, my God, this is going to look great. And I know, that's, and that's I, where I the lipstick like, dress was mate, invented. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> a, a, that, in, an alter, in an alternate universe, but I was basically asked to get my coat. Oh, no. So, and then I went to Paul Smith, and he basically turned my life around by telling me, Vicky, stop trying to draw, write your ideas down instead. Okay. I so I so I got a sketchbook. And I just started to write. Now I am, I'm, as I say, I'm not academic. I am, you know, literally uh, breath when you, you know, take a breath when you need a comma and, and put a full stop when you I'm need like a fag. Yeah, you know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just wrote what I heard and wrote what I felt and wrote just kind of like, just shit really. You're like but early can, 20s now. I'm, I'm in I'm mid-20s now. Is it starting to get a little bit upsetting for you that your dreams are starting to kind of, your dreams of fashion design. My dreams, that of, yeah, that was hard. But I had found people that I thought, wow, actually, you know, these are really, really good. These are brilliant designers. I'm never going to be like that. So I started to look around how I could be a hanger on, which right. is doing things like Groupie. PR a disservice. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, so yeah. I started working with magazines and I, I was trying to get into styling and I was trying to get into PR yeah. and anything I could do to help the people that I really, really admired. Yeah. And I was working at a company called Ted Baker, who do yeah. the, who's kind of like, you know, do the shirts, uh, pre-hugging. And, uh, <laughs> and he shared, uh, they shared office space with a new advertising agency called How Henry Childercourt Lurie, yes. HHCL. Yeah. And there were people like David Bonaguidi, who were extremely generous with their time and talent. Mm. And I used to give them free t-shirts and they yeah. used to let me come in and, and see how they worked, and, I, and they'd invite me into a few brainstorms. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, fuck, this is when the light came on. I was like, fucking hell. This is what I want to do. You 
I looked at, I remember looking at David Bonaguidi and going, you are sitting there with your feet on the table, surrounded <laughs> by books and toys, yeah. and you get paid just to come up with ideas. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, how do I do that? So how did you do it? They said, get a partner. They said, go meet loads of people. I met a guy called Graham Fink. Yes, know him. Who basically said... Also you need to China. Honestly, he said, you need to find a partner. He introduced me to a guy who was Israeli, Jewish, uh, and very out of the industry because he looked different. He didn't, he wasn't double-barreled. He didn't wear cords. Mm-hmm. You know, he laughed with his mouth closed, not open. Ho, 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 ho. Do you know what I mean? One of those. And so he, he wanted a yin and yang you, did he? But he had a brilliant book. He had an absolutely brilliant book. And Graham said he can't get a job, but if you sit with him, you'll get a job. And he will teach you everything he knows. You vow. And that's exactly what we did. And within three months, we got a job. Great. And Where that's was that? Ha- that was at an agency called BDDH, Butterfield Day De Vito oh, Company. Oh, yeah, yeah, I used to love them. Yeah, they were really, they yeah. were really smart. And they went bang. Like, yeah. Again, probably bad financial management, but, I think. But some, you know... There some, were third wave agencies that were coming exactly at the time. That's exactly all yeah, of yeah, those. Yeah. And the How Henry was one of those. Yeah. But some agencies... Some agencies burn bright, yeah, I know. and some agencies kind of like you know longevity, which is why I love mother. I've got a massive crush on mother purely because of their they can reinvent themselves without losing themselves, and I love that. So you found that you found your feet then, and then the rest yeah. is some of history. Rest is just going, yeah. But you know, it's history in a really kind of shit way. Mm. I have been, I've been told to change my name on the top of the script from Vicky to Mickey because the client doesn't want a woman on their business. I have been given thirty Can you shame quid. That client? Seriously, I don't know <laughs> um, because because I'm, I'm still in the industry. Okay, okay. I wait for the book when I when I finally do. Where the bodies are when I, yeah, when I when I do decide to torch uh, mm. the rest of my future. Uh, I've been given thirty quid to go and buy a dress and some heels because I wasn't dressed appropriately as a female creative to go and meet a client, even though I was head to foot in in robbed Westwood. Uh, so I'm not, it's, it has not been easy. It's been angry, right? Oh my God. I'm, but yeah, but I'm an angry person. Mm-hmm. Is it better now than it was though? It is, right? I think it's better. I mean, there's no, the slap and tickle is all gone and all that oh. kind of bullshit. I mean, it's pretty much gone. It, you'd hope. I mean, you'd... it might be still in J. Walter Thompson. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, just picking on you today, J. You know what? No, 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 no. It's, um, it, it hasn't gone. It's still there, but it's being called out on a daily basis and big names have fallen and big names will continue to fall mm-hmm. and quite rightly so. Yeah. Go back to the rest of your speech then mm-hmm. and what was that, what was the the finale of, of, of the, f- the, the thing we've had running through the show know, about sh- how creativity is going to help I've shown the red you know, ribbon? I've, if you think of the red ribbon, we're in our red ribbon moment with the fact that, you know, don't use a plastic bag, don't use a paper, you know, don't use a plastic straw, mm. right? And then, I've, and then I showed some work about how creativity, without spending a lot of money, can really prick the conscience. And hopefully, the more those kind of pieces of work get out, the better we're going to find. So led by donkeys, mm-hmm. you know, the guys that yeah. buy billboards and, yeah. and shame, you know, the government. Yeah. See a piece of that work, share it. The more people that share it, you know, the little, the little pricks for want of a better term the more things that we can do like that <laughs> yeah. the better you know i i show work like the new york times stuff yeah you know that is Beautiful. incredible fearless. they are the, it's fearless but also yeah. you know from an industry that is 
is declining because we're not subscribing. So if you want to see work like that, you need to put your money where your mouth it is. is. The, it is the most disturbing, uh, you know, and, and the situation that Donald Trump has created in the world at a time when journalism is like, you know, that, that movie Spotlight that won the Oscar yes. a few years ago. Yeah. The Boston Globe put like yes. four people on that for yeah. over a year. Yeah. Right. We can't do that anymore. No. There's typos now appearing in our newspapers, yes. which we never had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you yeah, know yeah. You, and not just anywhere, in every nearly second page, because yeah. there's not enough sub-editors. Yeah. And again, we sleepwalk to, to, to Armageddon and a lot of things. If we don't have a healthy press, which he can just run around and say, everything's fake. This is, this is exactly... Only my tweets are what's real. Yeah, you know? this is exactly... So if we do not support those guys by subscription, by yeah. paywall... I mean, yeah. you know, what David Pemsel has done over at The Guardian, you yeah. know, The Guardian are breaking even. Oh, that's amazing. I know. You know, and I've read stuff on, I've, you know, and I, you know, I'm conscious of doing this. I surf and I find something. And if I read it and it's from there, then I literally, is that worth a fiver? Yes, well, yeah. of course it is. And the BBC Go as well. Go do it. And the you BBC, know, yeah. you know. But you know, you, I think Macron talked about doing this, I re- read a few years ago, but like a, a way of helping save the press is to put a paper in the paw of every school kid in the country yes. every morning, you yeah. know? And yeah. if that has to be subsidized, so be it. Yeah. And maybe the first class, my girlfriend was saying the first class could be, What's in the news? Yeah. Rather than, you know, learn at your own pace or whatever the latest uh, yeah. <laughs> fact is. But we, but we do need no, to do true. something it's like true. that. We do need to do something but like that. But the thing is, that, you know, we used to get the Daily Mirror delivered. That was your first contact with my dad in the morning. He'd be reading the paper, you know, covered in cement because he was going to go off and do a job. We're commenting and about what's going seriously, on. Seriously, you know, like, bloody hell, look at this. Whack, you're on. That's the first thing I do in the morning, the telly on. Same. Well, I mean, I, I, I despair about that, but I, I do like to keep coming back to this darkest hour of the air yeah, before yeah, dawn yeah, because yeah. I think, I mean, how do you feel about Britain, your country, right now? We're next level fucked, <laughs> right? But I can't, in all conscience, I can't stick my, you know, I can't, you can't stick your head in the sand. You've got to do stuff, you know, and if that doing stuff is supporting people like Led by Donkeys coming out and giving there'll be linked to led by donkeys on the blur yes, podcast you know, yeah. or like you know or you know like things like you know mother and uncommon are doing which is basically closing agencies so all of their kids can go on that climate change war yeah. you know handing over your design departments to you know to make kind of trump-esque posters it's the little things and you think they're not going to make a difference but you know what I want to be on the side of history that says actually I was there I've got the t-shirt I've got the ribbon I mean, I think that it needs a, a live aid-esque grand gesture. It needs something like, I was saying this to Tim Lindsay the other day, that, you know, it needs something like the top 10 advertisers in the planet decide they are not going to advertise for a year. Yeah. And they're going to give the money and the ideas that their agency comes up with to help save the planet. And then, you know what, the next 20 go, fuck, we better do the same thing. And then you get some something happening that's but just this is it. grand. I know that the little ribbon from the little acorn, the mighty oak can grow. But then you look at you look at companies like Patagonia. They know what they stand for. They know their place in the world. Yeah. They know what their cultural ambition is. And they hold true to it. And yeah. they do stuff that is counterintuitive, but actually it's brilliant. I mean, I had this argument with Tim about the kind of white pencil, which is fucking amazing and should be applauded. But all of those ideas that got entered for those pencils that didn't win anything... They can't be dropped. So that should be, there should be a white pencil for year one. Yeah. They should be a different colour for year two. Yeah. Let's see where those ideas are 10 years, ten years down, down the line. Okay, back to my point about the purple monkey dishwasher. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. should be That's a thing. Exactly. I mean, it's still being used in Brazil or something. But but no, we should just get, you know, it's our responsibility to see something and run with it. Because mm-hmm. it's those little things. 
the little girl who was working on the uh, Leicester markets, what would you say to her now if you could whisper in her ear? I would say... Well, actually, that's a really good question. Do you know what? I would say don't waste your time trying to play with Vogue. Blow it up and do your own thing. You heard it here first. Blow it up. <laughs> but don't blow up the planet don't, in the process. Don't blow up the planet yeah. in the process. Blow up the people who are blowing up the planet. It's weird. I, would I do anything differently? I, yeah, obviously, there's loads of shit I'd do differently, to be perfectly honest. I wouldn't have got rid of my first flat in Hoxton. I'd have kept that now. Um... <laughs> You know, I would have made a play for Gary Lineker. Um, you know, really? play the shit. No, He's actually, no, wimpy, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No, There's he was some... in my he was in my job. Oh, class. and Lester, of course, yeah. Yeah, Lester, Lester, yeah, accident yeah. of birth. But I'm loving where they're going at the moment. Yeah. Um, fuck, I don't know. I probably wouldn't have got my ears pierced a fourth time. There's loads of shit I wouldn't have done. They're but all, you know what? Yeah. But it, it's you know, it's stories, isn't it? And at the end of the day, it's creative and creativity. Wish every way. Keep pushing. Thanks for being on the show. I loved it. Oh, my God.